apart from the Europa League, it's all been bad. <laughs> well, life moves pretty fast. It does. Um, how are you, in spite of all the football? Yeah, pretty good, in spite of all the football. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, all fun and games, isn't it? Where do you want to start with all this? Should we should we briefly talk about the derby? Well, should we should we talk about the really bad performance or the really bad performance <laughs> or the really really bad performance or the let, quite what, good performance? There's one. Right, let, there is let's one. do a minute on City United because that's about the sum total of highlights from that game. I mean, I thought both teams were terrible in that game, especially in the second half. Really a really poor you know, when you looked at the fixture list, I guess this game wasn't here in the fixture list, but at the beginning of the season, Mourinho versus Guardiola in Manchester with these two massive spending clubs, it's going to be an epic slugfest. It was just a tepid mess. It was, although, I mean, United were competitive for 20 minutes, I guess, 20, 25 minutes or so. <laughs> we, we, we won the competitive for 20 yeah, minutes. that's trophy. right. Moral victors for 20 minutes. Uh, and then City just took over. I don't think United had a shot in the second half. Um, and, uh, you know, three in total over the, the full 90 minutes. So it was not good. It was a bus parking performance. Um, it, this was the kind of thing we feared, I suppose, from Mourinho in big games. And uh, interesting, I mean, how Mourinho has approached this kind of crucial period of the season. I, th- I think there's been periods of the season we felt quite upbeat about United, but I have to say I've rarely felt as downbeat about United as uh, a couple of minutes after the final whistle against City, not just because of the result, which, you know, a draw at City is hardly a disaster, is it, given some of the results we've had against them in the last few years. Um, but, it, you know, a disaster in the context of the season at that point still chasing fourth, and uh, and and United just didn't make any effort to go for it at all. I've, I found the um, post game analysis of that from United, some United quarters, almost as annoying as the game itself. Uh, people describing it as an excellent performance, which I found to be a, a truly remarkable view. Um, there were there were kind of people uh, sort of defending it as as you know a good Mourinho defensive performance under very straightened circumstances in terms of the players available um and you know we stopped City scoring but I kind of thought first off I thought City stopped themselves scoring to a large extent this is what I mean about both teams being terrible they they were fine in about one third of the pitch which is the third between the end of the centre circle and the D that's where City were really good in that game and the rest of the pitch they were deeply average especially in front of goal um and and you can't call a United performance excellent when you can't string three passes together and in the second half they just never looked like getting the ball out of their own half with any purpose. I think it was Rashford up front in that game, wasn't it? And he was just running around completely unused, basically, by the rest of his team because they they just lost their heads every time they got possession back. Yeah, and of of course the absence of Pogba factored into that, for sure, you know, and and uh, maybe his absence followed by uh, some decent performances afterwards will will stop a few people talking about, you know, him being a flop or some nonsense like that, you know. He's he's clearly very important to United functioning um, and that had a big effect um, on United's performance. Still, still, I mean, this is a United squad uh, where the sum total of the transfer fees you know, spent to bring them all in is more than five hundred million pounds, right? It, there should be some talent beyond Paul Pogba, um, and uh, I don't know whether it was just a fact of Pogba being there and the injuries and the tiredness, or whether Mourinho would have just taken this approach anyway. But you now, in total, it felt very negative. I, I mean, I mean, I'm with you because uh, on on your analysis of. Uh, of uh, the, you know, the kind of meta-analysis of all United fans um, not being right if they're praising United for that. This was not the time that United needed to put in a bus parking performance, you know? In the context of the season, it was no good. Uh, Absolutely. A loss and a draw are functionally the same result in that game, given the way the table's paused. Well, but it's been the same all season, you know? Look, this was quoted slightly out of context, of course. But when Mourinho said, "Hey, um, I'm, uh, I, you know, I'm happier with ten draws uh, than five wins and five defeats," 
um, you know, he shouldn't have been, right? <laughs> because obviously you get more points from five wins and five defeats. But also it's just a, it's kind of a little pricey of, of United's whole season, isn't it? You know, just a bit too cautious at the wrong time. And in the end, that will cost United a place in the Champions League. Uh, we've scored 20 goals less than City. Yeah, I, That's the thing that's going to be the difference in the end. I guess I should correct myself, really, because it's not functionally the same, is it? Because City were denied points, they would have got otherwise so it's not like a a different team but still and we still had the Swansea game coming up at that point it was remarkably still in our hands at that point um but as you say an an overly cautious approach a kind of retrenchment uh, and and you know that the the team was devoid of a lot of its most important players in that game uh I thought Mkhitaryan was absolutely abysmal in that in that game um as sadly as he kind of was again against Arsenal um, and just generally, I mean, nobody really, apart from him, did Eric Bailly play in that game? I feel like he probably did. Um, or maybe he was absent. It was it was definitely a very patched together side, wasn't it? And then there were more injuries earned during the run of that game. Uh, and we took those into a, guess what, tepid draw with Swansea City. What a ridiculous result that was. Mm. What a terrible, terrible, <laughs> terrible performance too. Terrible. Well, United's XG for uh, City versus United was 0.4. Uh, I, I'm going to guess it's not going to be much higher for that game against Swansea. I mean... It was, it was you know, abysmal from United. Um, and, and in the context of absolutely desperately having to win. Yeah, and that, that was the thing that worried me about that game, really. I mean, again, injuries and absences played their part. I mean, a, a significant part... But there just was, there was just a real, I mean, I don't even know how you quantify this really. It feels almost arbitrary and I kind of almost feel a bit silly saying this, but the the lack of belief and winning mentality was really disturbing in terms of a, a team that's been managed by Mourinho for a whole season. Well, yeah. Um, and look, there there are, I guess, some young players in there who've never experienced United being victorious all the time. Yeah, Martial, Rashford, Lingard all played. They, they've never, they've never been in a good United side. Neither has Herrera, or in fact most of the team. Um, but you had Wayne Rooney in there, brought back into the team to give United some <laughs> winning mentality, right? Come on now, this is no, this is no time for irony. Well, he scored a goal. <laughs> yeah, he did. Was it? It was yeah. a pen, right? That's. I just it just occurs to me that I remember next to nothing about this game except for a general sense of horrible meh about the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because you know, this is Swansea City, one of the worst teams in the league at Old Trafford, and United went backwards and backwards and backwards and backwards. And and it's not as like, you know, yes I they re- scored against run the play. Uh, because Swansea were barely in the game for most of the game. Uh, but by the time they actually scored, uh, you know, they were probably half decent value for it. 12 shots apiece. Um, in a game United absolutely desperately had to win. I, I, I just, mean, you... I'm sorry, but I just cannot imagine in any of the seasons under Ferguson, except for, you know, 86 or 87, not 88, 89 and 90, apart from those seasons, would we really have not won this game? Um, It's worth, you mentioned Rooney, I don't know, it feels redundant to say, obviously we're going to talk about him again when it comes to the Arsenal game, scored the penalty, took it really well, but the foul for Sigurdsson's free kick was just, it was sickening to watch it happen, you're like, okay, we've, we're struggling a little bit. We've basically got this game under control. Just don't do anything stupid. Oh, the captain's gone and handed one of the best free kick takers in the league an absolute peach of an opportunity. Herrera knew exactly where the ball was going to go. He had that Benny Hill uh, moment of him running back to the line. And then Lorente goes, oh, <laughs> I'm going to come and stand in the box then. And then Herrera kind of pushes out. And as Herrera's pushing out, that's when Sigerson takes it. And De Gea didn't even move a muscle. And I suspect that was partly to do with all the confusion around what Herrera was doing. Although, you know, whether he could have got there or not is is unlike, it's kind of hard to hard to fathom that he would have no. done. Although he, he does, I mean, he yeah, make it was a well-struck free kick. 
Yeah, very well struck. Uh, and, and he had a good game, Sigurdsson. I'm uh, depending on whether Swansea make um, which they might do. Right as as of now, they are not in the bottom three. Um, uh, if they make it out, he, I guess he may stay at Swansea. If not, he'll be on and he'll have plenty of suitors, Sigurdsson, because he's a decent player. Um, in honestly, not a very good team. Um, no, I mean, but, but then again, they always win at Old Trafford. <laughs> yeah. So getting a getting a scrappy draw is a kind of that's Mourinho's definitely improved us. Um, <laughs> what else? Can, I mean, what else can we say? I mean, Carrick and Herrera, all right in midfield. Uh, I think uh, no, I think we've got to start talking about how Michael Carrick's a big, big problem. Well, now. he's thirty five. So um, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he definitely he's, didn't have the legs there. I mean, Swansea lined up with like, sort of four very tight in midfield, uh, no real width in their team, and. And, uh, you know, Carrick uh, has had a problem with that kind of sort of energetic opponent and, and um, you know, being outnumbered for many years, let alone when he's 35. Um, probably wasn't one of Bailly's best games, although obviously not quite fit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Poor lad. <laughs> it's, that's kind of harsh. Luke Shaw, oh, this was the game after which Mourinho said, Luke Shaw, I suppose he must have a very serious injury. <laughs> It's like, he better have a very serious injury, otherwise I'm going to beat him up. Yeah, well, it turned out he did. A uh, season-ending injury. Uh, so, look, um, you know, in the in the context of the City game and the Swansea game, and even more after Arsenal, Mourinho said the same thing after all three. We're really tired, we've had a lot to do, I had to change the players around. You know, now he's making eight changes a game, I think seven for the Arsenal game. Um uh, and using their workload as an excuse, uh, 59 games after the Arsenal game, that's a lot of games, undoubtedly. Uh, United are on course to, to play the same amount of games as United did in the 99 season, um, which obviously had uh, something of a different outcome to it. Although at this point, United could still do a treble. Could they? Oh, you're counting the convening shield! <laughs> 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 um, yeah, yeah, I thought I'd just throw that in there. Uh, we, we talked about this a few weeks ago. Not not even a plastic treble, it's a wooden treble. Um, so, but no, but the point, you know, I, I wanted to make is I do have some sympathy because injuries are, are uh, you know, certainly unlucky sometimes, right? Um, when Paul Bogba has had his two injuries this season, both times Mourinho has cited overuse. Yet, here's the manager who refused to rest Pogba at all in the early parts of the season and Zlatan. No idea whether fatigue played a part in Zlatan's injury. And it just seems like, to me, and I haven't done the analysis and uh, I was trying to work out how to do this easily without having to compare lineups for every game, but it feels to me like he didn't do enough rotation in the early part of the season. He's rotating too much now and he hasn't quite got his squad management right. Extend that that kind of thesis around squad management and you go from uh, not only when and who he rotates, but also the size of his squad, very small, and the fact that he sold three players in the middle of the season and didn't bring any replacements in, which means that, you know, he's on a, a razor-thin squad. Seems like Mourinho is probably on a 6 out of 10 for squad management this season. I mean, that season. seems really generous. Six out of ten. That seems really generous for that particular function of his job. It's been, I think, it's been easily the the biggest knock against him has been because, like the the Pogba situation is the perfect example. It was the same with Zlatan. That led to lots of very good players not getting enough minutes, and you know it was just the whole thing was just kind of a mess for a lot of it. I mean, like you say, there has been some ill fortune in among all this. Um, but yeah, there's 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 been problems of Mourinho's making, and yeah. you know he talked about nine games in April. Everyone's pointed this out, but that's the same as I think Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich. Like you're supposed to have nine games in April if you're a good team, right? That's... Because it dictates it. It says that you're being successful. Yeah. Well, look, it isn't you know, and and some of it, of course, some of it's unlucky, and some of it, some of it's poor squad management and fatigue and all of that kind of stuff, but. Is it a surprise to anyone that Michael Carrick is old? No. Is it a surprise to anyone that Phil Jones got injured? No. Or Smalling got injured? No. Right? Or Luke Shaw got injured? No. Or Rooney's crap? Mm. No. Right? None of this could have been a surprise to anybody. 
let alone a, a manager who's one of the very best in the game. So, you know, yeah, you're probably right. Six out of ten is probably generous on squad management. I think what we are seeing from some performances or lack of performances from some players was pretty predictable. And then, I mean, you mentioned over-rotation. And to me, this is a function on him having given up on top four way, way, way too soon. Like, it seems ridiculous that the extent to which he gave yeah. it, he kind of waved the white flag. Well, his PR man, Duncan Castles, was on Twitter saying, you know, hey, what would you rather have done? Factored in beating uh, City, Swansea, Arsenal, Spurs, Palace... Um, or factored in beating Vigo and Ajax, you know. He made the right decisions, sort of thing. But I don't think it's that simple. I don't think it's that simple. Many of those games were there for United to win. And the problem starts, the criticism of Mourinho doesn't begin at his decision to prioritise the Europa League ahead of the derby. That That isn't, I mean, I mean chronologically ahead of the derby. That's... That time, if he wants to say, okay, at this point in the season, we're putting all our eggs in one basket, um, that's that's a reasonable decision. Whether you agree with it or not, it's one of those things that there's a kind of balance to it. But but so much of the so much of the reason he's had to make that decision and kind of chosen to lean towards the dub at the Europa League is because of stuff of his own making. Now, I don't think Mourinho's season has been anything like a disaster. I, I think it's, I think it, it is multifaceted and there, there is more than one way to view this season and the middle ground here, I think, is reasonable. But, and if he wins the Europa League, it will have all been worth it. But, you know, I, I put this in the Rankcast WhatsApp group. This is all going to feel really terrible if Ajax rip us apart in the final, which I'm not saying they're a better team than, than United's best side. But you also could can see United getting a couple of key injuries because they don't have the squad to play none of the players they need in the Europa League final, um, If assuming they even beat Celta. But then even, even if they play a good team, a, the good version of United have frozen on a number of big occasions this season. Yeah. So. But but let's well right right I mean it's it, mainly through to the semi-finals odds on that uh, United will get to the final although definitely not guaranteed um, not too many you know standout performances in the Europa League not too many yeah I mean there were a couple in the group stages right um, and smash Santa Chen at home and you know. But mostly we just haven't had much in the way of opposition. But I tell you what, talking of the Europa League, and we've we've bashed Mourinho and United a lot on this episode, and I think justifiably so, uh, worth pointing out that I thought they were really good away at Celta. It was a... a, a very, very solid professional. The, the, in fact, the biggest criticism you could say is that United tried to close down the game too early. Celta were not, not particularly good at home. Supposed to have the crowd in there, you know, or did have a good atmosphere, um, and really produced very little. And you know, the match was there for United to really take, you know, and, and if not for missed chances, it probably would have been 3 0. There's that gift in the rounds of of uh, Mourinho counting on his fingers one, two, three, four, five at, at, the, at all the missed chances, isn't there? Yeah, and most of that's not his fault, <laughs> clearly, you know, uh, he's not missing the chances, although. Um, and, you know, we talked about this uh, before. United do have decent HG, which uh, uh, supports the thesis that it's mostly the players missing good chances than United's game plan not creating enough good chances. Although, United do take a lot of shots from outside the box. Um, so, yeah, most of that's not his fault. Although, it will be his fault if he doesn't address it over the summer. Uh, Lingard, Mkhitaryan both missed big chances. Uh, Rashford, Rashford, Marcus Rashford scoring a goal in the Europa League semi-final. That was a delightful moment, wasn't it? Yes, I think Tom on the uh, WhatsApp group uh, suggested that uh, someone should shove Mbappe somewhere unpleasant. <laughs> um, 
What a free kick. Have you heard the Neil Custis Ray Wilkins Oh my debate? god, that's brilliant. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. So ridiculous. Like, that's like that is definitely in sorry, sorry, I know you don't like it when I use uh, wrestling parlance, but it was definitely uh, two heels in that in that match. Uh, neither of them came off well at all, I didn't think in that conversation. Uh no. I mean Wilkins, uh, aside from being extremely dismissive and and very arrogant and uh, a bit out of touch, I think, didn't come off well. And Custis, wow, that man has thin skin. Thin skin, fat body, thin skin. (laughs) Sorry. I'm not allowed um, to body shame him, am I? No, ideally not. Um, But just, yeah. The funny um, thing is, sorry to butt in. That's all right. You know, actually on, on, on... I don't know the man. I think you've probably met him. I I haven't. Uh, on Twitter, he comes across as all right, actually. But um, clearly, he he both works for the Sun, and uh, and uh, in that interview, uh, was very childish. I don't have any opinions on this subject. <laughs> um, he works for the Sun. He works for the actual Sun. Like, not kind of took a sponsorship deal. Maybe he should. Maybe he shouldn't have. He works for them. That's his job. Like. Well, man's got to get paid. Yeah, but not by the sun. Come on. That's the, we can't use that excuse for... It's like excusing Daily Mail journalists or whatever for the Aaron Lennon headline. Not journalists, but headline writers. Because um, they've got they've got to work for the Daily Mail because that's the only job's going. No, I'm not having it, sorry. Um, Pogba was magnificent against... Oh, first of all, sorry. The argument that Custis and Wilkins were having is Ray Wilkins saying that wasn't a very good free kick and the keeper should be ashamed of himself. Keeper who had kind of a worldie, actually. Um, apart from that, I, I thought... It- hey, keeper had a very good game, Alvarez. Yeah. Um, pulled off a, a number of very fine saves. Um, actually, a game in which United didn't create that many chances, um, but created some very good opportunities. I mean, Rashford one-on-one at one stage, wasn't he? You know, probably should have had a hat-trick on the night. Oh, it's great free kick. He's gone the wrong way. He's done the he's done the keep with the eyes and the pace of the shot. I mean, he's hit that hard, Rashford, um, and very cleanly. Yeah, reminds me of the kind of free kick uh, David Beckham used to hit all Some, those years ago. Someone did a beautiful video side by side of uh, that Rashford free kick, and I think the Beckham one against Spurs that swings exactly that way. Uh, it might be Everton actually. I think it was his last free kick that he scored for United. Um, that's not going to be the last free kick Rashford scores for United. Pogba was just out-flipping standing. I mean, we talk about how much the teams missed him. We talked about how terrible they were against both City and Swansea and we'll come on to Arsenal. And, of course, Pogba wasn't in any of those games, but he was just... He he completed six dribbles in that game, uh, playing in, like, deep-lying midfield. Um, His passing was sumptuous, sumptuous. it was a magnificent performance all round from Pogba, wasn't it? And exactly what we want from him, and and uh, I guess what we thought we were buying with uh, ninety million pounds, yeah. and and we have got yeah. many occasions, you know. And I think this was a it was a big game, high profile game, and a standout performance, and that helps helps build a more positive narrative around him. When in fact his numbers show that he's been that good most of the season. Uh, but it helps in, in those big matches to do that. Herrera and Fellaini, both uh, both good. Uh, Romero in goal, we talk, We said that's probably going to happen. And it occurred to me during this game, um, I mean, there's been loads of talk about De Gea leaving, but if De Gea and Romero both stay through the summer, I would not be surprised to see Romero in group games in the Champions League for United next season, which is incredible to think. But if we get to the final, he's going to pick Romero, isn't he? So, I mean, that is... That's an extraordinary state of affairs. It doesn't make any sense to me. Just play your best keeper. I mean, you know, maybe I'm missing something here, but Romero is a decent keeper, but he's not at De Gea's level. You know, he's stopped the flappiness, or at least hasn't made some, you know, real huge mistakes in in some time. But, um, you know, I don't have a way of proving this, so it's just an opinion. But I think in those in those few occasions where there's a save that... Only De Gea and a few of the very elite keepers in the world can make. De Gea is making it and, and Romero isn't. And that's the difference, you know? Why aren't you playing your best keeper? I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. He wouldn't do it in any other position, would he? I mean, you know, I know he's going to rotate for freshness, but it's not as if goalkeepers put their bodies through uh, the same kind of physical pounding, mental maybe, with the concentration. Um, but you wouldn't, uh, and he certainly didn't drop Zlatan as many times, did he? 
through the season. So I, I'm I'm struggling to work out the logic of this. And he keeps denying that he's got Romero as his European keeper and De Gea as his Premier League keeper. But he is, apart from the two games that De Gea's played in the Europa League and the one that Romero's played in the Premier League. It's split, domestic and European, for some odd reason I don't get. Yeah, I mean, this is he's got form in this area, hasn't he? He did it with Casillas and what's his name? What's his name? I can't remember I can't remember the other yeah. the other guy. But uh, why? You got uh, a theory? Yeah, I mean my, my theory in this case is just that he rates Romero highly as a sec- like very highly as a second choice keeper and wants to keep him happy and promised him extensive game time. But uh, but for what purpose? So uh, to, to have is a, it that Romero is going to remain uh, as United number one keeper next season? I can't believe no, number that. Two. Can't believe number two. Number two keeper. Yeah, but for, for how many games a season? is? Do mm. you need a, you know, so he's going to play him more games, his number two, than he possibly could have done just through the risk of David De Gea being injured or suspended or the odd rest. Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. Don't get it. No, I, I don't really understand. I don't, I'm, I'm not saying it's good logic. I just think that is the logic. Um, maybe he just trusts and likes Romero and wants, you know, Mourinho sets such high, heavy stall in that kind of thing. And maybe he knows the hair's off and he's fed up with him and all that kind of stuff. And he's, you know, he's playing Romero in the big games in the Europa League and letting De Gea keep goal against Arsenal. OK, let's put it another way around, right? Um, De Gea's off to Real Madrid in the summer. Let's just, you know, hypothesise. Yep. Uh, and United have to go and get a decent keeper. You know, God forbid this theory, the theory that's going around that United would be happy to have less than a decent keeper, yep. i.e. Joe Hart, yep. you know? Can't, can't believe that's true. Hope it's not true. But, you know, have to then attract a top keeper. Let's say we make it into the Champions League through the Europa League win. You're then telling that top keeper that you're not going to be playing in the Champions League. Oh yeah, um, I mean, I I agree. It's really, it's weird. Really, yeah, it's weird. It's a weird situation, and and let alone, I mean, all the kind of politics of it aside, the the key point is, I mean, I, I guess I guess there is an argument to say I'm kind of not playing devil's advocate, but I'm I'm, I'm kind of slightly advocating the other side of the argument that De Gea has not been his sparkling best this season. So you're missing less than you normally would be when you talk about De Gea. But there's no question you're talking about sacrificing the opportunity to play one of the best goalkeepers in the world in goal in your most important game of the season. Yeah. It's a very no, I strange No, I don't get thing. it. I mean, you know, United's options in the same kind of elite level. And I mean, I'm, I'm going to assume that United are going to want an elite keeper because to not have an elite keeper, we've seen this post... Uh, Post the well, not post Van der Sar, but post Schmeichel. This is and post Van der Sar. Well, for a, I guess a little bit, you know, it's it's never good to not have a never good. Oh, look at City, right? It's like so, so you're, we're going to say, hey, you know, Hugo Lloris playing in the Champions League with Spurs, uh, come to United, you won't play. Jan Oblak, you know, we, we're prepared to pay the eighty million pound release clause. You know, you want an upgrade? Well, sorry, not going to get it, mate. Doesn't uh, anyway. I'll stop. No. I'll stop with the rant. Makes I mean, no sense to me. No, I. I don't. If anyone I, has a good theory that makes sense, I want to hear it. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. No. I mean. I, I think it's a. It's a very strange situation. And and he's done it in the most important game of the season so far, which was the that that first leg. He'll do it on Thursday night, no doubt. Um, and we'll come on to a preview of that in a bit. But we have to talk briefly. I mean, we've spoken for ages about this, so I guess there's not really any need to rake over the coals of it. But that performance against Arsenal was pathetic. Uh, just, just like... I'm not sure if it was the worst of the season, but it's not far off. The, the, the first mean, 15 minutes were really bright and Arsenal looked massively there for the taking. And I think the lineup was fine. I don't think there's much wrong with the actual lineup. Maybe you could say playing Rooney was a pretty big mistake and it, it proved to be the case. But pretty much everywhere else across the pitch, there is there is a relatively high degree of quality. But it was the system. It was so horrendously defensive-minded. The job that Mata and Mkhitaryan were asked to do in that game against Arsenal. They're no good. They just got absolutely smashed to pieces by Spurs not getting out of second gear. Arsenal. 
Arsenal in 2017 and you play like that, like they're peak Barcelona. Pathetic. It's, it's the biggest damning indictment of Mourinho this season, United's performances against top clubs. You know, great performance against Chelsea. It would seem a, an off-key Chelsea. Uh, decent performance against a very tired Spurs. Apart from that, it's been bad, hasn't it? I mean, Arsenal at home, OK. So three performances this season against top clubs were OK. Uh, United have one of the worst records. In, in fact, I think the worst record in the head-to-head amongst the top six. Um, and, and and a lot of it has to do with Mourinho's cautious attitude to these games. We're talking about... It's, it's, not, the, it's not the United way. He's going to have to change that. You're talking about top clubs, though. Arsenal! Like, this is the thing. This isn't even Spurs or Chelsea or even Liverpool this season. This Arsenal team is garbage! They're having the garbagest season in all of Garbage Town. They're low, they're below us in the league. Below us, they have fewer yeah, well, points. They've got a game in hand, but still. They've got a game in hand and uh, looking at it. At Mourinho's A attitude and, and B United's fixture list, I think they'll probably finish above us. Yeah. Good chance United finish sixth, or maybe even seventh. Probably not, but they, probably sixth. Yeah. Okay, so they might scrape to finishing just ahead of us in the league, but they are not a team worthy of that kind of respect. They're just, they simpler. They've got a couple of good players. Alexis Sanchez, who Axel Twanzebe absolutely bossed and marked out of the game. That was nice to see. Big positive there. And he's kind of absolutely immune from the criticism to the wider team. But, you know, like Smalling allowing Welbeck completely unchecked to head in from the six-yard box. Uh, I mean, you know, the, the Herrera goal, uh, I, I thought the um, tone of some of the discussion around that Herrera goal was the Xhaka goal, which hit Herrera's head. Like, yes, he shouldn't have turned, but mm, not having that it was cowardice, Ed. Um. <laughs> hey, well, let, let, let's address that you, you can, because you can't bring it up and then not I expect me to challenge it. Um, <laughs> I, I think uh, you jumped to a conclusion that somehow I was saying, and I'm going to paraphrase what I didn't say, but what you thought I was saying, that... Somehow Herrera was a total pussy and a coward and he just dived out of the way of it like some sissy little girl, right? Quote, unquote. Uh, by the way, I, I wasn't talking about you when I, I said that. I was talking about some of the people that jumped mm. into that conversation. Yeah, but none of them said that either, you know. And, and honestly, it's not that. It's just, it's just bad defensive play, you know. He can block that. It's not that high. It's chest height. And he's just uh, shied away from it, I think, uh, uh, you know. You wouldn't get Phil Jones shying away from that, would you? He'd, uh, he'd have broken his leg even if it had hit me in the face, but uh, he would uh, he would have blocked it. So, you know, it's a minor criticism just to say that's not great defensive play. You didn't say that's not... Gary you, Neville said it too. You didn't say that's not great defensive play, Ed. You said he was cowardly. That's... Yeah, well, you know, it was It's a, a word with certain implications. He's like, not my face. <laughs> also... As I, as I said on Twitter, I'd, I'd have took it in the face and I'd have kissed the badge. Since when, Ed, by the way, does Gary Neville agrees with me Count for you the amount of times you've gone. Like, oh, Gary Neville's talking nonsense here. <laughs> um, yeah, just anyway, we, we can have a row about this. But, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I thought we, we kind of gifted that to Arsenal um, between Herrera's mistake and the shock in defending three minutes later and then all the fight went, oh, went out. I mean, it was shocking defending from, from Rooney and Martial. Uh, and then uh, not great from Darmian, failed to get the cross out, and then Smalling jumped under the ball. Uh, no, Smalling was on. You know, oh, and yeah, him, no, him you're and Jones. Right, you're right, yeah, yeah. It was Smalling, yeah, yeah. 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 Smalling, not Jones, sorry, Twanzebe who tucked in. Yeah, neither of them attacked him. Well, Twanzebe was... Very poor all round. It's not Twanzebe's fault. It kind of looks like he's in the wrong place, but if you look at the, the build-up, this isn't just hashtag agenda, by the way, but if you look at the build-up, he's occupied by Sanchez... Um, Twanzebe yeah yeah no I mean it's not his own yeah. for sure uh, it's Phil Jones and Chris Smalling to sort that yeah, one out and specifically Smalling because um, it's it's, it's yeah. he's between Welbeck and, uh, ends up between Smalling and Twanzebe and it's it's all it's all Chris Smalling's fault the whole <laughs> lot <laughs> everything United's whole season no hashtag no, agenda you know it's uh, Rooney do you know Rooney completed 86% of his passes in that game I would have I would have bet good money on it being lower than that I mean, ugh, it was really, really bad for Mooney, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
uh, to be fair, it wasn't much better from his midfield colleagues. No. Uh, but he stunk. He stunk properly. Um, he has, what, four games left at United? Yeah. He's probably uh, going to start. He's got his record. He, he probably will, yeah. Um, hopefully not the UEFA Cup <laughs> he's final. He's not going to start. European he's, Cup he's final. He's starting those. European, European League. God, I can't get this it's right. It's not European League. Definitely not. That's... All right, should we stop talking about Man United and start taking some quick Twitter questions for a bit? Let's do that. Hopefully they're not talking about United. <laughs> well, knowing, knowing the Twitter questions you get, they're probably about, you know, what's faster, a fish or a wrestling star? Mm, depends on the circumstances. I'd say on land, I'd back the wrestling star. Um, first question, at Sev the Panda, what does Ed look like? I'll leave you to answer that one, Ed. Devilishly handsome. Um, I also, uh, in real life, I'm just uh, a silhouette that you can't see. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, he is devilishly handsome. Um, out of the four championship playoff teams, this is not this is football, but not quite United. Uh, who would you most and least like to see promoted? Asks at Mark underscore E underscore F. So who are we talking? Remind to? me who in who's in the playoffs again? I believe it is Reading. Uh, Fulham, Huddersfield, and Wednesday. All right. Um, well, uh, I have no real beef with Fulham, particularly. We, we've had some, uh, you know, good times at Craven Cottage and some bad times. Huddersfield, yeah. Sheffield Wednesday. Um, well, I went to a university in Sheffield, so I, I, uh, I saw Wednesday on many of occasion when we had nothing better to do. Uh, so, you know, I don't really mind them and they've been out of the top league for many, many years. They're a big club and they probably, uh, they would, you know, grace the Premier League. Uh, Reading, eh, you know. They're managed by Yap Stam. They are managed by Yap Stam. That would be good. This is the problem. I think that my choice in this would have to be, I, 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 like, I have reasons to like all of these teams. Reading, because they're managed by Yapstam. Wednesday, because they're Sheffield Wednesday. And, you know, through uh, knowing you and your family, Ed, I've always had a, a soft spot for Wednesday. Huddersfield, I quite like, because they're the sort of hipster's choice, aren't they? They've got David Wagner in charge, and they play this kind of, you know, clop light football. I'm, I'm quite into that sort of thing. But Fulham, first of all, they've got, plus 28 goal difference, which is miles and miles better than all the other teams in the playoffs. In fact, uh, only Newcastle and, and Brighton uh, have exceeded that and no one else has got anywhere near it in the championship. Um, and also the neutral stand. That's the best thing in all of football when the neutral stand is in effect because it's not a neutral stand, it's just another stand full of United fans. <laughs> yeah, and it always is a good day out. Um, I mean, what do you think about the, the two... Um the two uh, qualifiers in the top two. I mean, Brighton looked like they'd had this championship sealed up a while ago and, and uh, weren't able to win any of their uh, final three games after uh, sealing promotion and Newcastle are going to go for as champions. But they're not a great team, Newcastle. I mean, I haven't, I've got to say, I don't think you you put that Newcastle team into the Premier League. They're going to do very well, honestly. Uh, they're going to have to spend a fair bit of money over the summer, I think, to um, to be any good. I think they'll stay up, though. Excuse me. I think even if they didn't spend a fortune, I think they'd stay up um, because Benitez will have them well organised and the like. But they will. They'll invest in a couple of players, won't they? Heavily linked with Sigurdsson. But the, the the big Mike Ashley question remains when it comes to their transfer market activities. I was pleased that Brighton and Hove Albion went up because obviously their their fans have been through an awful lot and they they were a club that was really badly mismanaged and they've they've kind of really pulled themselves back from that and they got so close last season and plus Chris Hughes he's a nice guy isn't he thoroughly yeah, decent that's what everyone chap. says yeah apparently yeah so. behind the scenes he's an absolute <laughs> I don't uh, yeah maybe he's a nice guy at Ducknans friend of the show in that he's probably the only Arsenal fan that listens to this show says thanks for not playing Pogba against us I, I say through gritted teeth you're welcome our pleasure it was not at <laughs> at Strafford Enders says you've got to introduce three new rules to football FIFA are going to change the penalty shootout order apparently what would the three rules be explain to me this penalty shootout thing have I missed this what, what, what are they going to do uh, so they are you know you know it goes A, B, A, B, A, B the two teams taking penalties in that order um, 
60% of penalty shootouts are won by the team that goes first. And so they're going to change it to the ABBA system. So it will be team A goes first, team B takes the second and third penalties, then team A takes the fourth. Huh. Because um, they're trying to experiment to uh, to get the... Uh, it's evened up. Yeah, which I, I think that's good. You can't. I mean, the 60% thing is massive, isn't it? If if that was a casino, they'd be making an awful lot of money. Um, yeah, it is. And it's I, I guess just pressure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so you've got to introduce three new football rules. Uh, what would they be? I guess we, let's take let's do one each rather than come All right. up with three. All right, each. number one. Yeah, everyone gets one free shot at punching the ref per game. <laughs> it's just a freebie anytime you want. Um, you know, there's a massive problem with attracting officials and they play like a really vital role in that football exists. <laughs> well, they wouldn't after we punched them all out, would they? <laughs> um, uh, no, no. OK, so a serious one. Um, I would uh, allow, um, well, you know, we, we just made the assumption that we do have a video assistant because I, I think it's a good idea. Um, and we allow each team two challenges per game or something like that. And you get to keep your challenge if it was right. Right. Yeah. Um I I think that's that's fair enough. Um retrospective punishment for diving, but Oh yeah. but I mean, you know, so, we, we didn't talk about Marcus Rashford, did we? But uh how you, nothing how, happened. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how'd you call something like that? I mean yeah, honestly, um if you'd done that, Gary Lineker would have been uh, uh, you know, famously never got sent off. He'd he'd, he'd have served about a hundred games in suspension because uh, he ran into keepers all of the time. It wasn't called diving then; it was just called clever forward play. Yellow card at the referee's discretion for what he believes to be insincere non-celebrations against former clubs. <laughs> yeah, well, if they're going to book them for taking their shirt off when they are actually celebrating, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I think if you're under celebrating in glorious circumstances, then you should be booked. Um, at what Dever says, are you the ref? Shh. Easily one of the highlights of the season. Marcus Rashford limping off. That's not the highlight, but uh, that ex City player Guidetti comes up to him, is trying to harry him off, and he just puts his finger to his lips and goes, "Shh, are you the ref? Shh." It's Absolutely amazing. <laughs> I mean, it was some world-class yeah. trolling. <laughs> and it's not as if he sped up after that either. He just slowly, slowly, slowly walked off. Nice. Um, which is better, asks at bifurcated underscore MBM, Guardians of the Galaxy or Guardians of the Galaxy 2? I haven't seen, seen either. Oh, man, you should watch. You should definitely watch the first one. And if you like the first one, you should definitely watch the second one. I think you might enjoy it. I think you might. It's They're, they're very fun... Uh, well, I, I love them. They're, they're sort of great comic book action romps, but lots of like proper good comedy in them. Um, I guess the. F- I, I tell you what yeah. was funny. Yeah. Good comedy. Uh, Blackburn Rovers getting relegated this I mean, weekend. I know you hate them, but I, I, know, <laughs> I know they like weirdly. I, I haven't got over Weirdly, yet. it goes like Liverpool, City, Leeds, Blackburn Rovers for you. No, no. That's not true. It's, uh, it's uh, entirely related to their plastic fans and uh, uh, something that happened 22 <laughs> years ago. I mean, I kind of feel like it seems weird to relish a team going down when the reason that they're going down is because scumbag owners have taken over and ruined them. That's it. Proper scumbag owners. Uh, talking about other scumbag owners, uh, uh, they had a, a scumbag owner at Nottingham Forest who just managed to escape relegation. Uh, some major celebrations at the city ground at the weekend. This is a team that's won the European Cup twice. Uh, something not all right there. Well, nothing right, basically. A, a complete shambles. As as were Birmingham City, a team absolutely messed over by their owners. Um, they, they sacked uh, Rowett when they were seventh a good halfway through the season. Uh, it brought in Zola to try and attract big-name, glamorous players, forgetting that he's an absolutely appalling football manager and they they just scraped it by appointing Harry Redknapp for the last three games of the season. <laughs> it's not OK. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, uh, it boggles the mind, uh, the dumb stuff that uh, some owners do. Uh, why why can't we get owners like that in at City and Liverpool? <laughs> I mean, we did get we did get them help. in at Liverpool. They just were gone pretty quickly. That's very true. Uh, you talked about Klopp Light earlier. Um, 
I think Klopp likes the real thing, isn't he? He's, he's a bit of a fraudy fraud, isn't he? I mean, it's, this Liverpool side is not that good. Does that make him... Disgust. I mean, is Mourinho a fraud? <laughs> he might be. <laughs> Although, as you'd say, it's, uh, it's only two years since he won the league. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 ridiculous. I, I think we we judge Klopp on the five year plan, don't we? That's given where he given the state Liverpool were in when he took over. Uh, All right, he I'm has gonna... less points per game than uh, Rogers achieved. I mean, are you going to really pull that out when everyone's like, "Oh, Mourinho's no better than Moyes because of this, that, and the other"? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, maybe he isn't. Uh, talking to David Moyes. Um, I had a good laugh on Twitter uh, after I erroneously thought he had been sacked. Right. He has not been sacked. Right. Uh, this came as a large shock to me when I realised that I was talking bollocks. Um, well, you know. Did it? Did it really? <laughs> no, normally I'm totally oblivious to the bollocks I talk. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, they're, they're going to keep him. For the positivity because... they'll bring in their championship season. <laughs> yep. That's what you need. I mean, there is, if he hasn't already, there's a 100% guarantee he's going to say, talk about what a tough division it is. Um, at Lethal Mocktail says, why do people keep ketchup in the fridge? Uh, well, the amount of sugar and vinegar there is in there, you probably don't need to. True. So the same could be said about eggs. Uh, the th- yeah, I think eggs is different in different countries because they have different um, rules about how the eggs get treated. So in some countries, you have to keep eggs in the fridge, apparently. Um, people keep ketchup in the fridge because they like it cold. It's nice when you've got a really hot chip and you, it's too hot to eat and you dip it in the ketchup and then it's manageable. It's a whole thing. Um, <laughs> friend of the show, Mary, says, Paul, do you still love Danny Welbeck? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> it's like a it's like an ex you can't bring yourself to ever really truly admit that you uh, don't like anymore. Yeah, but, you know, it's not like this ex was a supermodel ex. That's Ronaldo. This is a slightly <laughs> roping-looking ex. <laughs> but who's got an absolutely incredible personality, which is ultimately more important? Um, at Hannah May J, friend of the show, again says, can I get a final shout-out for hashtag gift of a goal? Uh, still fundraising for RCT... Charity, um, which is, uh, let me just double check so I get this correct. Um, This is the uh, Robin Cancer Trust um, who are building awareness for germ cell cancer awareness. Um, So ovarian cancer, testicular cancer, it's a really important cause. Um, And Hannah's been drawing every single United goal scored in the league this season, which basically means she's just been drawing pictures of Zlatan Ibrahimovic all year. Um, And there's various people, various different artists involved scoring um uh, drawing the people that score goals with lots of different clubs uh they've kept their artists a little bit um, a little busier than maybe united have kept hannah but nonetheless mm. she's done a load of absolutely beautiful work this season so check out hashtag gift of a goal um to uh, to get involved with that they've, they've raised some some good money and there'd be an opportunity to to raise a little bit more for an important Cool. Very good. Last, oh, Very good. You know, okay. United have scored fifty-one goals in the league this season. Coincidentally, right. it's exactly the same number of goals that Lionel Messi has scored this season. <laughs> um, I don't know what it's like after thirty-four games, but after thirty-three games, it was eleven more than we'd scored after thirty-three games last season. We had nine more points. That's a pretty hefty improvement, considering how many points we've absolutely chucked out of the window. Um. At Joel Downing says, how much have we missed Juan Mata? I think a huge amount, actually. I think he's been underrated, vitally important miss while he's been out. Plus, you know, hugs. But on even just on a serious football note, he's been such an important part of the attack. I think I think he's a very he's a, obviously a very good player and he puts up very good numbers. Um he does the defensive side of things very well now. Uh, he, the only downside uh, of having, having him in the team is that it slows United down. It just depends on who's around him. Yeah, and, it, it, you know, his use of the ball doesn't slow United down, right? That's... No, no, that's right. His use of the ball is brilliant and, and United do need that craft mm. for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, look... be interesting to see the shape that United play next season, won't it? I mean, it's going to matter a lot whether United bring in Lukaku and Griezmann, I suppose. 
um, which might dictate a certain kind of shape. But um, you know, can they find a? Can they find something different? Going to have to, right? It's not just personnel. Um, Going to have to find a way of being more offensive. Uh, final question, important one. My favourite question of the week at J Denton underscore says, "Who is your favourite Axel of all time?" Is it's a it's a it's a straight fight. Well, I mean, I think Twan is up there with a chance of Ooh. taking over this. But it's Axel Foley, obviously. Like, <laughs> I was going to say Axel Rose or Foley. Yeah, Which one it's is it? easily Foley because you know Axel Rose is like I was very into Guns N' Roses when I was fifteen, but not uh, not a great um, not not a great guy. But uh, but yeah, I mean Axel Foley, one of the completely one of the the goat um, one of the goat. Characters in all of movie history, isn't he? Put the banana in the tailpipe. <laughs> Classic 80s um, movie for all, all all you kids out there who have no idea what we're talking about. Oh, seriously, if you haven't seen Beverly Hills Cop, go out and watch Beverly Hills Cop. It is probably the best pure action comedy of the 80s. Um, it it, it kind of still holds up to. I mean, obviously... It looks very dated um, because of the when it was shot. It is definitely a product of its time, but the jokes still absolutely work. And Eddie Murphy can't keep your eyes off him. Very good. Axel turns a very good future ahead of him. Probably not a right back. Uh, it's not his natural position, no, but, but uh, you know he's uh, he's got all the attributes to do well for United. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, he's been outstanding at centre back in the youth team, hasn't he? Right. Right, uh, up for the uh, under-23s player of the year, which will be decided very soon. I guess he'll probably win it now he's had a first-team game because that tends to be what happens, doesn't it? Like, I think Rashford won it last season. Uh, Um, When uh, Dimitri Mitchell's up for uh, um, as well, and (laughs) when he was about 15, he he asked me for a retweet on something or a shout-out, a shout-out. So I gave him a shout out, and uh, it was followed in very short order by every other fifteen-year-old at United, <laughs> so including Marcus Rashford, right? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, that might well but... have been the case, actually. Yeah, uh, I believe you at least claim that at one point. I want to see evidence. Claim, claim to look. claim to fame there. Yeah, I mean, like basically, that means they owe us. Marcus Rashford owes us an appearance on this podcast. He does. Basically. He does. Yeah. 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 I, sh- I should, you know, should have been given out signatures. They eh? they might have been worth something now. <laughs> Um, All right, so we've got a preview, Celta and Spurs. I'd quite like to do this in reverse order, uh, um, do the Spurs one first, because I think there isn't really anything important to say. I think we're going to play a second string side and get absolutely battered in the last game at White Hart Lane. Okay. No, we're going to stuff them. So so Chelsea, you know, uh, win tonight. We're recording on Monday. Um, They play on Friday against uh, West Brom, I think. Let's just assume they win there and and they're champions. Spurs are uh, deflated when it comes to United comes to town. Um, They can't quite focus because their season has collapsed. They they get a bit Spursy and and United win. That's the narrative that's going to happen. I'm sticking with it. Has their season collapsed? Uh, Well, I mean, it will do once they've... Once they've lost the league, there's nothing left for them to play for. Um, I, you know, but I'm joking, obviously, but um, uh, I, I thought there was a really very odd sort of narrative around Spurs somehow choking. And choking from what? Yeah. You know, they were never actually in a position to win the title and, and pushed it uh, a very long way against the team that wasn't playing in Europe this season. Um, Antonio Conti. Uh, I mean, with a straight face, said Spurs had all the advantages. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Not sure about that. Uh, this, this is the same guy who said, uh, claimed um, that uh, everyone but Chelsea uh, was spending a lot of money. <laughs> that was unbelievable. Has that happened since we last recorded? I think it has. That's, that's one of the most shocking things a football manager has ever said. Um, and, and they've said some shocking things. Oh, not least of which the Celta Vigo manager, who is a scumbag. Yeah, Celta Vigo man. Proper, proper scumbag. We didn't talk about it on the last pod, did we? Um, uh, Antonio Conte, when he gets old, he's going to look like Gollum. There's no doubt about it. He already does a little bit. I mean, he, he looks a little bit, like, you know, he's, he's either from Middle Earth or he's... One of those strange aliens that uh, William Shatner, you know, James T. Kirk, finds on some planet somewhere. He's done a odd-looking odd chap. Good manager, odd-looking chap. 
done a good job in his first season in charge. Well done to them on winning the league. Boo. Um, although Chelsea, you know, it's hard to get too hit up about. I actually I don't count. City and Chelsea don't count for me because, uh, you know, if they hadn't had their Petro wealth, uh, they would be nowhere near where they are today. So I just discount it mentally. It's like when um, it's what, like when they retrospectively take medals off Olympians who cheated <laughs> years ago and upgrade. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that's what's happening. Um, so Spurs have won the league. Congratulations to Spurs. They won't need to try it against us. No, it's the last game at White Hart Lane, so it doesn't really matter what else is happening. They are going to be mega, mega, mega up for this. And. I think. Look, White Hart Lane is a dump. <laughs> You've been there, right? It's horrible. I've never been there. It's... I've put in for press to go uh, to this game because I want to get there before before it's all over. But no, I've, I've... before they pull the dump down. Yeah, well, the, the the new ground they're building is it's it's so next door that actually they can't finish it before they knock White Hart Lane down. It's not like they're going miles away, you know. Going to shed a tear for this ground they've been desperate to get rid of for years. It's um, it's. Uh, I mean, it's terrible timing for them. They're finally good. Uh, White Hart Lane is kind of, it, you might, as you say, it's not, not a very good ground in terms of facilities or capacity, but it is a ground which generates atmosphere and, you know, it's got a smaller, historically smaller playing surface because it, teams that have got smaller grounds are allowed to have smaller playing surfaces and they're going to be at Wembley next season when they're terrible, just when they're finally getting some momentum. I think they're going to keep... keep. Yeah, and the finances will be interesting because they, they are leveraging <laughs> yeah. up. I mean, it's going to cost them something like $600 million, um to complete this project. Uh, the, the fast one that West Ham pulled <laughs> to get the Olympic Stadium in one of the most dodgy deals in football yeah. history uh, is looking like a very, very valuable yeah, deal. Absolutely. Um, so anyway, I'm not optimistic about that game at all because I think we'll play a second string to side and get battered. But you think we're going to walk all over Spurs after they've emotionally collapsed. But before that, we have the big game of the week, the big game of the season, the game, the, the basket in which have been placed all of our eggs. Uh, we've got 1-0 lead from the away leg, which is obviously good, but... Uh, one goal from Celta, which is far from impossible, and everything suddenly turns on a dime. How do you feel about it? Who do you think their key men are after that game? Uh, are you optimistic about United's chances? How do you think we're going to line up? Give us the work, Zed. I think we'll park the bus. <laughs> no, no, I don't. Come on, surely not. Surely not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> although, honestly, at this stage, I wouldn't put it past uh, Mourinho to go with quite a conservative outlook, given that United are 1-0 up and don't have to score. Um, the key players are clearly Gwadetti and Vass um, and Aspas, um, the, the three players who, uh, well, I suppose with Sisto on the left, who actually had a very good game, I thought, in Spain. Uh, I thought he's kind of the only one who Yeah, did that. exactly. I, I mean, it's, really you know, those four up front are the, the key players for them. Um, I don't know whether they're going to change it up at all. I mean, this, this is the, the four they've played with most of the season, except for actually in the league um, in the last couple of months where they've been resting everyone all of yeah. the time. I've just given up all to get talk about all their eggs in one basket. Yeah. A uh, a uh, scenario that um, Guillaume Balaguet is refusing to countenance on Twitter at the moment. His uh, his feed is quite amusing. Um, yeah, he's the anti Duncan Castles, isn't he? <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, you know, I, I was kind of wondering who, who you know. I claim that uh, Duncan Castles was the finest free signing that United have ever had. I don't think Balaguet's gone to City on a free. He's uh, you know he's a big name, <laughs> a bigger name. <laughs> he's a bigger name, but he's not as good at it. <laughs> like Castles, Castles is kind of more committed, kind of brighter in a way. Like there's a, there's a there's an edge, there's a there's a, a wryness to Castles which Balaguer lacks. <laughs> yeah, I mean Balaguer's the the big name free transfer, isn't he? Uh, Castles is the one who always wanted the move and's really working hard for it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, I think we underestimate this game at our peril, United. I mean, like I think I think. It's easy to us to underestimate in a way because Celta did kind of get battered. They in weren't Vigo. very good. They're just um, not a very good side. No, which, you know they're twelfth in the in La Liga at the moment. It might tell you something about them. Yeah, but I mean, partly that's that is because they've just given up on the league to try and to try and win that game. But I don't know. An early goal, it all gets nervous. But we, sh- I think we should be all right. I think. I think I wouldn't even be that surprised if we were good in this game because our best team is still good. So I guess we're going to go Romero, um, 
Valencia, Blind and Damian, maybe not not Blind and Damian, Blind and Baye, maybe Jones instead of Blind. But I think given that Blind didn't play, Blind and Baye, um, Damian at, at left back, weirdly, and then Pogba, Herrera, and Fellaini. I guess that seems pretty inevitable. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then. Mikatarian, he said he took him off, didn't he? And he, he kind of said he wanted him in that game. Mm. Uh, Looked tired though. He did, and and has been really struggling for form since Mourinho hammered him again in public. Um, Martial was always works well there, doesn't it? Martial looked quite lively against Arsenal, I thought, like especially in the first half. Although he he struggled. Yes, he's tended to not to want to play Rashford and Martial. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Rashford's definitely going to play, isn't he? So, so who are the two other forwards? Uh, is it Lingard and Mkhitaryan? Is it Mata? Well, if it's an away game, I'd have said Lingard. I'm not sure. I wonder whether it will be Mata, just because he'll want that little bit of control over the ball. Um, maybe maybe Mata and Mkhitaryan? Maybe Mata and Lingard, which... Could be Mata and Lingard, which would be the more conservative choice. Yeah, I, I'm not sure I like it as a, as a choice, but the fact that Lingard didn't play against Arsenal, you'd imagine that means he's planned... Uh, he's planned to play mm. him, so I, I think that's. I think we've we've probably got a good chance of getting nine out of the eleven, right? Anyway, haven't we? I think the back four, five with Romero's locked in. Yeah, middle three years as well. Yeah, unless he somehow goes crazy and picks Rooney over Pogba. <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's the two wide players. I think are the the major choice. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, and if I had to guess. Right now, I think I'd say Mata and Lingard. I think that's what he's going to do. Uh, but I wouldn't be shocked by any of these. Children. What would you? What would you say is the most likely for Mourinho to pick? Well, I think he'll probably err on the side of conservatism. I don't think he's going to go with um, Mkhitaryan and Martial. You know, two slightly flaky players who are both match winners. By the way, if you really wanted to go out and win a game. Um, so the the only thing is Matt played ninety minutes against uh, or near enough against Arsenal, didn't he? Yeah, that's um, true. Which after being out for a while, but that's his first ninety minutes. Yeah, for... I know, I know. Is he is he is he fit enough to play again? Maybe not. We'll see. Yeah, we will indeed see. Um, all right. So predictions for scores for these two games. Then I think United will win two nil against Celta. Okay. Um, yeah. I hope that's true. I'm going to go for... Yeah, I think that's... I th- I'm going to go for 2-0 as well. Um, but I'm going to go for a 3-1 loss at Tottenham. There's no way we're going to win the Spurs, are we? Uh, I mean, not only are we going to play a second-string side, although we don't have to, right? Because we don't have to. It's not like they're resting... There's no game the next week in the Europa no. League. Um, they will be knackered, though, so he'll make some changes and he, he's not going to want any more injuries. I suppose they've had a full week off. But, you know, I think the emotional toll, the emotional toll of A, losing the league and it them having to produce a performance, uh, I think Mourinho in these kind of one-off games can pull something out. So I'm, I'm going to go for a 1-0 win for United at Whitehall Lane. <laughs> Earlier on, I said to you, I think it was yesterday we talked on the phone and I said, I predict that you're finally going to predict a United loss here. But nope, (laughs) steadfastly refusing till the end. Listeners, has Ed predicted a loss for United all season? Look, it's not my fault your glass is half empty, mate. (laughs) Sorry. Um, We need a performance coach here for Paul, you know, a bit of positivity. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, It's one thing I really lack. Um, I think, yeah, so hopefully, I mean, it doesn't, that Spurs game does not matter at all anymore, which is really stupid, but uh, such is the way of things. Um, Hopefully we'll be through to a Europa League final by the time we next... Do do you know what? It it might do. You never know. City and Liverpool can lose games from here. Liverpool go to Southampton midweek. They can lose that game. No, no, they don't, do they? Where do they play in midweek? Yeah, sounds... Anyway, they can both lose games. It's not done and dusted yet. You're right. Probably is. Yeah, it's over. Um, I mean, I'm just quoting Mourinho there, who's been saying it since, like, December. (laughs) Um, He's gone on wise, hasn't he? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
so we'll either be kind of talking optimistically about potential Europa League finals ahead or really on kind of uh, high alert for terrible pessimism after after the week's football. We'll join you. Hopefully you'll join us again after the Spurs game. Uh, Patreon backers, stay tuned. We're going to talk about happier times. Um, we're going to have a conversation about the 1995-96 season. Uh, if you want to get involved, head to patreon.com slash rankcast. Massive thanks to everyone who did. All the people who did are the reason that the show exists. So thank you very much for that. Massive thanks, as always, to producer Tom for uh, putting all this together. And um, where can they find you on the internet, Ed? Uh, they can find me at United Rant uh, and uh, facebook.com forward slash United Rant. Uh, Google plus forward slash something. <laughs> no, it's not even Google employees. No, what that one is. Um, uh, Pinterest? You on Pinterest? Yeah, yeah, but it's an auto feed. I never actually go on there. Uh, and Instagram, a- another auto feed. Maybe we should start trying to get really big on Pinterest. Amongst the, uh, I think, <laughs> yeah, put- isn't it like 99% female audience? Yeah, no, we, pr- we probably yeah. over-index on men on this podcast. Being, being yeah, a football exactly. podcast. It's a growth opportunity. Growth opportunity. Yeah, yeah we're going to do it. I'm not quite sure what we're going to post. <laughs> no, but I've got no idea. I'll post pitching myself in the buff. That will, uh, no, <laughs> I will not. All right. Thank you for listening, everyone. We'll leave you with that image and see you next week. See you then. Thanks a lot.